the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. All right, here we go. My name is BJ Schwartz, and we are broadcasting from Infinity Festival in Hollywood. We're learning about the future of filmmaking and the future of AR and virtual reality. Um, and I am sitting next to an idol of mine who's also become a friend, which I'm very honored by, uh, Randall Kleiser, who you will know as the director of uh, feature films from The Blue Lagoon to Greece to one of my fa- all-time favorites as a kid, Flight of Navigator. I don't know if we've ever talked about how much well, I love that we're movie. We're running that uh, on the 22nd at the American Cinematheque. Can I come? Yes, and we're going to have the cast there. We're going to be filming. Oh, my gosh. We're going to be filming the cast. I can't wait to yeah. see it. I'm coming. Okay. Well, I just got an invitation. So that's <laughs> um, but Randall is also a pioneer in the virtual and augmented reality spaces. Um, I also work in those spaces as a narrative filmmaker. Um, and Randall has made a piece called Defrost, which is one of the first truly full-length, serialized, impactful pieces of virtual reality. Um, and he also made uh, the Greece experience, which is showing um, just right around the corner here. Yeah, and volumetric uh, capture by Intel Studios, which, which has a gigantic soundstage down at Manhattan Beach Studios with 76 cameras, uh, 5 trillion pixels, uh, 5 miles of optical cable. I mean, it, it, it was amazing to work in there. It was, it was, it's really the cutting edge uh, future of film. So let's describe. So there's this uh, incredible array of cameras and it's like a cage that you're inside. A big dome, yeah. A big dome. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's describe what the end experience is that was created for users. Well, we had 20 dancers uh, doing the song, You're the One That I Want, and they were all choreographed um, to, to the song. And the interesting thing was that when we were shooting, uh, because of the tremendous amount of data, we could only shoot for 30 seconds at a time. And then we had to let, let the buffer download wow. and then do it again. So we had to have the uh, dancers all freeze at a certain point, And then we had a live feed so that we could have all 20 of them stand there. And we say, okay, Joe, lo- move your arm up a little bit until we can match how they were. And wow. then we'd start the song again. So if you watch the experience, you can see little jump cuts in the middle and of I, it. I, I honestly have never, I've not noticed them, but that's amazing. So you're, you're actually doing a fully choreographed dance sequence, right. but <coughs> because of the limits of memory, you have to right. s- stop in the middle of a move. Right. <laughs> every 30 seconds. And pause every 30 <laughs> seconds and, and then, then record again. Yeah. So it, we're, we're really into a mature technology. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the beginning of it, yeah. you know, and uh, the resolution will get better and everything. But, you know, it's fun to be uh, experimenting in stuff that hasn't been done before. That's yeah. What I mean, I, that's what's cool. I always tell people it sounds like when you say the cutting edge, God, it sounds clean and sexy. It's a, a razor yeah, blade of, yeah. of gleaming steel. Actually, everything's held together with snot and some <laughs> prayer, and nothing <laughs> works, and we're beta testing everything Lots for people. Lots of time and effort, too. You have yeah. to spend a lot of time on these things. Oh, it's an, yeah, it's crazy. On but our, on our uh, VR series, it took we had nine days of shooting and three years of post. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's familiar to me. <laughs> you have been down the We've stitching hellhole. Yes, right? yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. quite. Stitching is, in virtual reality, uh, we, cap- we capture with cameras that are... Uh, basically globes of cameras that capture, um, hopefully stereoscopically, so it's two cameras for each sector, um, and uh, they're 
what we end up with is a series of films that need to be constructed, reconstructed together in order to create the illusion that what you're looking at is a complete single world that you can look all the way around in. There are irreducible errors. There are um, the, the, the math of it doesn't quite work and must be fudged. Yeah, and they're called stitch lines, and you can right. see someone when they walk across one, they, they, they like they're walking through a line. They warp. They and <laughs> so, you know, you have to work really hard to get those to go away. Right. And then part of the skill also becomes, as a director, uh, knowing how to avoid crossing the stitch lines as much as possible mm -hmm. and knowing one of the things that I talk about with people a lot, and I would love to get your thoughts on it, is knowing it's going to happen in the sense you're going to break the technology, but saying, I need to do this narratively, and people will be fine with it. Well, yeah, if you have a good story, they ignore that. But uh, I, I also feel that the stitch lines are going to go away as the technology gets better. Yes. They'll, they'll, they'll find ways to just do it instantly, and oh, there'll yeah. be no problem at all, because once you put the, the smart people onto these things, uh, and I think there's a lot of students that are studying uh, virtual reality and augmented reality in schools all across the world, and they are the ones who will figure it out, because they have a lot of time, and they don't have to have any money. They don't have to make money. Well, <laughs> it's amazing how that, that technology curve happens where you have to work so hard to get it to a level of adoption and once the adoption is enough for people to see oh we should spend money to make this technology then right. boom so exactly. it's like what is that when do we cross that adoption threshold where people really say oh now we need to spend like tv money on this well that's why the, what intel does is so cool because they, they're spending a lot of money to to experiment and uh right uh, you, you know, it, you can see their work that it's it's on its way, but it's not slick yet, but it will be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need to go through this. I mean, right. mm -hmm. film wasn't slick at one point at no. all. No. <laughs> um, but so I, I just want to just to give people uh, uh, a better sense, because I'm not sure that we've maybe we have, but I'm not sure that we've covered exactly what that end experience with the grease oh, yeah. is. So like, so what yeah. what do you get and then what do you see? If so you're just after we filmed the uh, the dancers, then they are frozen, in, their performance is frozen in the computer in 3D uh, volumetric capture. So it's like uh, they're in a point cloud, meaning that they are like holograms. And then you can do whatever you want with them, that, that material. You can make a 2D movie or you can make a 3D experience. What we have here um, at um, this place is um, we have a, a, a desktop where you take a a iPad and, and you aim it toward the desktop and the dancers appear on the desktop in little miniature holograms and then you can move the, it around and move in close and move back and like you're the director moving the camera around to look at wherever you want and what we did also was put new backgrounds uh, CGI backgrounds in it so you have you start out in a dorm room and then suddenly becomes um, the National Bandstand place, then it becomes the Frosty Palace, and then it becomes the Carnival at the end, all within one song. So the, the background's completely changing as, as the song goes on. And it would be possible to do this in VR, too. You could, you could take the same material and, and put on a headset and walk in among the dancers as they're dancing around and see the set and then have the set suddenly change. So we haven't done that yet, but they, they have right now it on a desktop. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, it's just an amazing thing to see. So you, when you, you, the, the iPad basically becomes a window into a reality in which there are small performers mm -hmm. performing for you on a tabletop and you can walk around them or even move among them because the capture technology, the point cloud you talked about, creates performers who can be seen from any angle. Any angle. And this whole thing came about because I was at uh, um, On The Lot uh, last year. Right. 
and uh, two years ago, and I met Ravi Belhal from uh, Intel, and he said, oh, "Oh, you're the director of Greece. Why don't we do something?" And <laughs> so, so, and then here we are at Infinity Festival showing it. So that's two or three years later, I don't a lot of work. It was an amazing <laughs> thing, I, and so it brings to mind also another question for me, having worked in VR, which is, you know, in narratively sticks you in one position. So in a way, it's closer to film because though we can rotate and look all the way around in the, in that the, the way that we're filming virtual reality now we, we can't walk amongst it right. whereas this and you're what you just described is like in the future as the technology gets better we're actually going to be able to create s captured point cloud individuals in the headset that we mm -hmm. can walk amongst too and for me as a director it always said i always wonder like where is the line where I'm relinquishing too much control to an audience member to miss the story. Right. Um, and so, I mean, if you could talk about working in those two, like, do you, have you thought about the technology you've used in Greece and telling a story with it and what that, what kind of challenges that would propose? Well, the challenges are to, to get, get the audience's attention to go where you want the story to go. And, and that's something that every stage director has to deal with. Right. So uh, I think that working in virtual reality is very much like doing a stage play because you, you can the audience can sit there and they can turn around and watch the exit sign through the whole movie <laughs> or play. Not but the they best don't. Choice. They <laughs> don't <laughs> because the director is as as aimed where they're supposed to look through movement or through lighting or sound, you know. And story. And I mean, story, I'm always yes. a big advocate of telling because so much, in my experience, so many people have talked about the the idea that. VR must be world building, and in a sense, for some people, that's become an idea of the absence of story. Mm. Um, like, just put people in a thing. Right. And to me, that always m ultimately means then uh, their, their conclusions come from that kind of filmmaking that, for instance, editing is nearly impossible, but that's because you have no idea where somebody would be looking at any moment in time, so an edit point is, can't be found. Whereas if you're telling a story and you know no one's going to be looking back here if yeah, you're yeah. pointing a gun at me here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we That's become, and I think so there's, so it's, you know, the idea of story becomes very important as a way to make VR viable, and I think that's something that like people are beginning to figure out now, and they were resisting for a while. Sure, and coming to a place like this, this Infinity Festival, there's all kinds of new stuff that you see every time you come to one of these. Yeah. And I just saw over there the um, there were some guys who who had come up with a new way of moving around in VR. Yeah which is to use your hands to pull and, and pull the environment to you rather than the, the normal way, which is with the head, a little uh, controller and jump ahead, jump right. ahead. Teleport, jump ahead. teleport. This teleport. was much more, much more organic because you just pull the environment towards you. So uh, that's something that I think is going to go big if, yeah. they, if they release and it. And I mean, I think that there's such a wonderful interplay. It's one of the reasons I uh, feel uh, good about being a gamer who wastes too much time playing dumb games. Because uh, you know, I feel that that kind of you know, in the you know locomotion solutions that people are coming up with in gaming and mm. things like that, they're going to come into our storytelling. Yeah, um, and yeah. they're they're fascinating. And then you get to the hybrid things. I don't know if you had a chance. Like the um, there's a uh, um, uh, the, the one of the biggest narrative experiences that you can get in the headset right now is Vader Immortal. Oh, and in in that, and it's it's very much a video game. I think I saw it. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, but there are moments in that too that are borrowing from video game dynamics where people, you climb something. Mm -hmm. And that locomotion, again, it, it takes very a, cool. And it's very cool. Yeah. It's really neat stuff. It's really cool stuff. Video games and movies are coming cl closer together, yeah. yeah.
Yeah. And even working with game engines for the background of movies is happening. Uh, I know that The Mandalorian is now being filmed for Disney+. Plus. Um, John Favreau is producing and... Um, my friend Carl Weathers is directing one of an episode this week because he, he's, he's, he's a star of, he's one of the stars of it. But what they do is they work with a, a big um, video wall that has a game engine in, and the actors are in front of it. So when you film and, you, and they move and the camera moves, the background moves in conjunction That's with amazing. it and it's a, a completely finished. You don't have any green screen. It's all done in the camera. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah. It's a new way of shooting. I love it. It's good. Yeah. I mean, and it's great because, too, I mean, I would think that it would give the actors, you know, as a, as an actor's director type, I mean, the idea of at least oh, yeah. being able to see where you are right. as opposed to just being standing in front of green all the time. It's yeah. Many, many um, uh, car sh sequences these days that you see when people are talking in a car, they are done this way with, yeah. the, with the video wall behind them. Yeah. yeah. So. So I guess uh, can we talk a little bit more about uh, Defrost? Sure. Um, yeah. tell, tell, give people let's let's let people know that they should see it first of yeah. all. Yeah. Like well, Defrost is a, you can find you can find a link to it at defrostvr.com. It's a twelve-part uh, series. I sort of tried to make it like Netflix, except they're only five minutes long. But you can watch one episode and then binge watch all twelve, and it only takes an hour. But many people don't like to be in for more than five minutes. Right. But it's basically become a woman who's uh, in a wheelchair who's just been woken up after being frozen for 30 years, and she's meeting her family who have all got, gotten older, and she's stayed the same. So her, her little daughter now is married and has a kid. Her husband is now 60 years old. He wants to make love with her. She's, she, she, she's freaked out because he looks like her fa his father. And it's, it's all done like with her thoughts. You can hear her thoughts. And then you can see, look around and see this environment that you're in and all these people talking to you. And it feels like they're real people because it's in 3D and it's 360. So it's a kind of a paranoid soap opera of the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, an, I mean, it's, it's a, a remarkable piece. And I think that one of the things that I love so much about what you did is you came to the technology by looking at how, at least at this phase in the technology's development, it makes you feel inherently. And one of the things that I think that it makes you feel in a certain sense is a, a certain level of helplessness because mm -hmm. you cannot move. Yep. You cannot. And you've gifted the viewer with not ignoring that but instead making it part of the story. Sure. So we have a, a person who right. can't move and who can't, who's in Trying a wheelchair. Trying to use the, the, the limitations of the technology for the storytelling. Right. Yeah, that, there's a couple other ideas I have for, t for using that, but I'm sure a lot of people are doing that now. Right. No, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a fascinating, like, I mean, it's, yeah. uh, again, it's like getting, getting your mind wrapped around about what works best in, in the space. Mm -hmm. and, um, but uh, do you have any other, do you have any final thoughts about, uh, I mean, I know that you, you move in circles where there's a lot of, uh, you know, brilliant filmmakers who have worked only in traditional media who are now talking to you. Um, what do you see out there as far as people's interest level in... Well, I'm, I'm kind of working with this company called Occidental Studios, mm -hmm. and we're trying to put together a, a, a bunch of sound stages that have all this equipment so that people who are trying to get into this field can come in and use it without having to spend lots and lots of money. I mean, usually these things cost 
huge amount, huge. but if we have them sitting there and people can come in and rent them, that's that's the goal. And we're, we're just starting to put that together now at Occidental Studios. Yeah. Very, very cool. And then uh, just as, uh, are you seeing enthusiasm amongst traditional directors to check out VR? Absolutely, yes. I mean, uh, we have every year I program Digital Day at the Directors Guild, and, and all the directors who are interested in this kind of stuff show up and, and learn from people like Favreau and and Caleb Deschanel and, and Rob Legato, who did Lion King, and they were there this last summer, and or no, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're talking about that technology, which is really incredible, using virtual reality as a production tool to go in and, and find your shots. So, yeah, everything's zipping really fast, and a lot of people are interested in jumping in. Very, very cool. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you well, today. Well, always good to see you, and BJ. And okay. We will, uh, I'm sure we will be talking again soon. All right, good. What a great, everyone get out to Infinity Festival and check out all of these incredible things that Randall's done.